Welcome to the I Give It F1 podcast. I'm Allison. And I'm Lynette. And we're here to talk about the latest news in Formula One. Actually, today we have a special guest. So we just wanted to get on here today and record this special episode with you guys. We know it's summer break and we were really just wanting to fill our time with getting more insight into Formula One and things outside of Formula One. And we have a very special guest. Her name is Monbi Matal, and she is the content creator and podcast host for Females in Motorsport. So if y'all are looking to follow her on Instagram, her obviously her handle is Females in M Sport on Instagram. And they basically cover a lot of what's happening in motorsport, but on the female side. So we are so, so, so excited, lucky, grateful to have you today, Monby. And we just wanted to kind of get to know you a little bit more and ask you some fun questions. Yes. <laughs> so um, why don't you so tell everybody hi? <laughs> yeah. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, Alison and Lynette, for having me here. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I love meeting other female creators in the space. And I'm just last month it feels yeah. like it was forever ago but yes last month and I'm really excited we could make this work together today I know we're we're just so excited to have you and we had a couple of questions just to kind of get to know you more um so first off obviously you know we met in Austin which is great so we know that you have a love and passion for Formula One just like us mm-hmm. and we're curious how did you get into motorsports in general and then how did you get into Formula One yeah, absolutely. So Formula One is definitely was my gateway into the entire universe of motorsport, I would say. My story is not super unique. It's very, very like, yes, Drive to Survive was played a huge impact and played a huge role in me becoming a Formula One fan. But actually going back a few years before that, one of my really close friends, who um, my best friend in India, she's been following Formula One for years. And she would always kind of tell me about what's happening on track, but I would just not care. I was just like, mm, yeah, that sounds good. I would <laughs> literally just be like doing something else on the side. And so I kind of always knew the names of Verstappen, Hamilton, Vettel. Like, I always knew the names. I always knew who they were. And then when COVID happened, she basically forced me into watching Drive to Survive. She was like, I really need you to get into the sport. I need someone else to talk to about this. You need to watch the show. This is how you'll get into it. Because I'm a huge docuseries, documentary buff. So very begrudgingly, I agreed to watch it. And I think I binged the first two seasons in two days. I was absolutely hooked on. Like, I'm sure, like, as other people were as well, there was a huge, this entire world of motorsport in Formula One that I had no idea about, honestly. Formula One had had a couple of races in India. The circuit was actually just about a stone's throw away from my house. So I was there when that action was happening, but I did not know the way that Formula One is set up. I had no idea about all those things. So Drive to Survive was a great introduction for me into the sport. And I think it really pushed me to start watching the sport starting 2021. And as we know, 2021 was one of the most intense seasons um, in recent history. So 
that really i think managed to solidify my interest in the sport it was really like one of those things that just happened overnight a lot of my friends now look at me and think how is your life all about formula 1 all my friends who have known me for 5 or 6 years they like how did this happen to you we did not know the side of you so it really happened overnight i would say um and then working females in motorsport is when i really think i started watching other series as well so indycar nascar even endurance racing and because so we know with formula 1 there aren't i was going to say many there aren't any female drivers so to keep up with that world i started getting into other series and especially endurance series and feeder series so that's kind of how it all built up i would say in the past 6 or 7 months that's awesome okay so i'm i'm a drive to survive um mm-hmm. person as well so like i kind of started loving the sport through drive to survive and i totally get that like anyone who started dr- watching it during covid then they like peeled into the the 2021 season with lewis and max and like it just you're right solidified everything about how the sport can just be so wild and crazy in those moments it was then, a perfect like, transition from drive to survive to 2021 Yeah, and then you have like a season like this where it's like, you know, someone's winning this the same person is winning every single race. Mm-hmm. And so you struggle to find those like things that you love still that like keep it interesting yeah. and for me it's definitely like having an interest in in things outside of Formula 1 as well. Like I'm starting to develop those those interests. And um what do you feel like is I don't know, like the most interesting outside of formula 1 like which series do you like That's a great question. I think it really depends on what you're looking for. I think endurance racing is really interesting if you've been following the drivers for quite some time because endurance racing the skill set is so different. So it takes a little bit of a while to get used to that. Also not all of us, you know, have the time to sit and watch a 24-hour race or a 6-hour race. Although people who attend the race are always like that environment is absolutely electrifying. So I think it really depends on what you're looking for. For me, I found the most natural transition into IndyCar and Formula E. I think with IndyCar specifically, the racing is so close. Um especially compared to Formula 1 and I think the 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 cars are probably the most comparable to formula 1 if you think about the technical side and and the spec side with formula e i would say of course the engine is completely different and it functions a little bit like a spec series where all the cars are very similar which is um totally different to formula 1 but formula e honestly it is a whole other universe there's so many formula 1 drivers also that you would recognize so i think that's a really good one i would recommend for anyone who's been watching f1 for a while want something new wants to see action because there's drivers like Stockel van Dorn obviously there was Nick de Vries for a while so there are names you know you'll recognize in there so formula e is one that i would highly recommend also the calendar operates very similarly races are all across the world so it's great for a european fan or someone who's based in asia but when you compare indycar obviously indycar all the races are in america so i think indycar is great more for an american fan unless you're willing to travel to the US to see those races. Lynette, have you ever seen a Formula E race? I have when they first um came out 
I started watching a couple of races, but I just didn't really get into it. <laughs> so I haven't been much of a Formula Formula E fan. I have been to IndyCar a, a couple of times and that was really cool. And Monvi, I know you went to a Formula E race recently, yes. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you been to a Formula One or any of, of the other series? I uh, I went to the Formula E race in Portland and... <laughs> That experience was just like absolutely insane. It was also my first time ever in a paddock. The entire time I was basically riddled with imposter syndrome. I was like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? But when I was, you know, not thinking of those things, it was it was really great to see how welcoming the teams were. I've been to a Formula One race before. I did not go into the paddock, so I can't really say what the environment there in the paddock in a Formula One paddock would be. But Formula E, everybody was super, super welcoming. I was actually able to see a couple of sessions from an actual team garage. I can't even imagine having that experience in like a Formula One race because Formula One is like a whole other scale, I would say. Um, but the Formula E, which is very interesting, is that I didn't know that they actually have a very solid creators and influencers team as well. So there was a bunch of creators present as well. And if I really think about it, it makes sense because that's how I was introduced to Formula E. I was following F1 Tony on TikTok and I saw her content. I think it was in Mexico City, which is how I got introduced to the series. So I really like the way Formula E is engaging creators and influencers. And I think that really transitions into the IRL paddock experience because you do really feel like you are welcome there. Um, the experience, the the environment is like super chill you can just you know you turn your head to the right you see like drivers working out jumping around on the left you see like team principals just like walking having coffee it's That's really crazy. like in the thick of everything it was so crazy i still can't believe that experience happened to me um <laughs> i'm still i think i'm still processing it so and i will say the racing lynette i don't blame you because when i first watched the races um virtually i didn't like totally get into it but seeing the races irl was a whole other experience firstly the portland circuit is actually an indycar circuit so it's set up very differently and usually formula e has about 100 120 overtakes which in itself is kind of crazy especially as formula one fans like can we even imagine that i don't know what the average number of overtakes are in a formula one race but if i had to venture a guess i would probably say it's way lesser than 100 but formula e the average number is 120 at portland it was 400 plus Oh my gosh. gosh. (laughs) So watching that was absolutely nuts. It was crazy. Um, So I I highly recommend it. I think for anybody who's really looking for that on-track action, Formula E is a great series to be able to um, see that. And it's also very accessible. The ticket prices are probably like a tenth of Formula One ticket prices. Um, wow. And you get a really great experience. Even I had a friend who's visiting, who's in Portland watching the race from a grandstand. She got pretty close to the paddock. Like she could see the garages from a decent distance. So it, you really get your money's worth. So nice. you mentioned you were in the garage watching the race, right? So how was that? Because I always see when they show the shots on TV of people inside the garage, they have that little yeah. section where they sit back there. And I'm I'm always like, I don't know if I'd want to watch back there. I feel like I'd be missing out on a lot. Yeah. So did you feel like you kind of missed out a little bit? 
That's a really good question. I was in the Mahindra Racing Garage and they had a little like VIP box and it was set up right in the middle of both where both the cars would be in the garage. So right before the session started, I was already there. So I saw the cars leaving, which was really cool because you kind of get to see the mechanics very, very closely working on the cars. Obviously, you can't film anything there, but I actually loved that experience because when you see cars on track, you still see them from, you know, a distance. Obviously, the in even in real life, like you see the action, but you don't get to see the tires so close by or like the engines and things like that. I was able to see all of those things very, very closely. Mahindra was able to give us really good access. And then the VIP box had a pretty large TV. Yes, of course, it's not like, you know, you're watching um, the race, like, you know, you're not watching it with your eyes, you're still watching it on a screen. But I think Portland is also a unique one. Um, I Because th- I think the way that it was set up was that the garages were actually faced against the circuit so usually the garages face the circuit so the cars just like go straight out but in this case the garages were facing the paddock so the cars actually had to come out take a u-turn and then go to the circuit so interesting that's why i think the screen made it a little bit more difficult because then you can't actually see the circuit itself so it might be different on other tracks but i don't think i really missed on anything because i think that experience was so unique to be able to see the cars so so closely yeah that's so cool this is making me want to go to a formula e race (laughs) you have to you have to i'm i'll talk about this with everybody like you have to go to a formula e race okay okay it's on the list it's on the Mm -hmm. list (laughs) um so one of the things that we know you in female and motorsports like discuss a lot about obviously are females in motorsport but more specifically we kind of wanted to chat with you a little bit about F1 Academy. Now, mm-hmm. when we've been when we've been guests on podcasts in the past, we've have been asked about Formula One Academy, and I know that pr- that probably has a lot to do with the fact that we're women, right? Like people think that we know because we're yeah. women everything that's going on about women in motorsport. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately for Lynette and I, like we don't know as much because we're like talking a lot about Formula One every day, and Formula One doesn't have a presence of a huge presence of women and especially no drivers. So it's hard for us to really catch like the insight and what's going on in the background. Can you give us a little bit of your thoughts on like F1 Academy or just in general, where you think women are headed in the sport and is there a place for them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, first of all, I would say that I'm not surprised that people are not as aware of F1 Academy because I don't think F1 Academy has helped itself there. I think when a race is not broadcast, it's harder to, you know, grab interest. Um, I have been following F1 Academy pretty closely, A, because of females in motorsport and B, because I'm really fond of some of the drivers and I've been following them a little bit from W Series last year. But coming back to your question, I think F1 Academy, there's a few things that I think F1 Academy has done right and done perfectly and I think one of them is the subsidized cost for drivers to be able to race in F1 Academy so if you compare to W Series W Series the cost for drivers was actually free which is absolutely amazing for drivers especially because they don't have to think about bringing sponsors in but thinking about the longevity of the series I personally think that because of that cost barrier it might have cost W Series the longevity because I think 
that way yeah. it was probably a little bit harder for WCS to keep going from a financial standpoint with F1 okay. Academy because it's a subsidized cost there is still some money involved I want to say it's about 150,000 euros I'm not 100% sure about that number but I think it's something like that for drivers to be able to bring in so I think that will hopefully help F1 Academy going. And also, of course, it is backed by Formula One. So financially, that should not be an issue. So I think that's one thing it's doing really great. Um, and I think well, the other thing that's, that's really interesting to me is the academy aspect of F1, um, of F1 Academy. So in any feeder series, when you talk to a race director or a steward, they'll tell you that, you know, after a race, they'll usually sit down with drivers and tell them about what went wrong in the race, why they got that penalty. I don't think that's what happened with like Formula One drivers, for example, because they've been racing for so long. But with the academy drivers, feeder series drivers, because they're so young, they're still developing their skills. They have that opportunity to learn, which I think is really great about F1 Academy, that they're able to learn all these things from more experienced professionals in the sport and perfect their driving skills. I think compared to W Series, there's a lot of drivers who are in W Series who are also in F1 Academy now. There's a few additions as well, which is great. Um, my, I have had a couple of question marks, obviously, but F1 Academy, number one, I think everybody's been discussing the broadcast stuff, right? So until Austin, that's going to happen in October, which is the final race of the season, we weren't able to see the races. Now, I know there's been a lot of criticism around F1 Academy. I don't want to necessarily criticize F1 Academy as a series for this. I think there's a lot of things that go into play that talk about broadcast rights, right? Like there's Formula One, of course, has a broadcast partnership with Sky, for example. So that could have played a real role in it. Um, the series was planned pretty late in the game, it seems like. So that might have played a role in it. And I think they are actively trying to change that. And I think with Austin being broadcast live, that's a clear indication that that's going to be the future of the series. So I've been really both surprised and impressed by Formula One's continued investment in Formula One Academy. Now, starting next year, F1 teams are also going to be putting in um, their own liveries on some sport. They're going to yeah, be can you explain that? We were reading through that and I was a little confused by what they had agreed yeah. to. Yeah, absolutely. The headline was definitely a little bit misleading. And I think even Tony yeah. said that, um, and I don't disagree with her. Um, so basically what's going to happen is that there's 15 drivers right now in F1 Academy on the grid. Out of those 15 drivers, 10 are going to be nominated by F1 teams. So each team will basically nominate one driver. This will probably be from existing drivers. And I don't know for sure because a lot of the teams have their own academies. Like Alpine has the Alpine Her Academy. Um, I believe in Ferrari has a smaller academy that has a bunch of female drivers. So there might be newer drivers in the mix. But that's the purpose that F1 teams are going to nominate one driver each. And they're also going to put their own live on these cars so i think the advantage we're going to see from this is that that gives an incentive for sponsors to put in more money on these cars because they're going to be associated with f1 teams and you know f1 teams get a lot of media attention press attention a lot of eyes so that's i think the biggest advantage that's going to happen with f1 academy drivers now the obvious question is what about the other five drivers what about them so what I've heard so far is that we're going to have different partners or maybe different brands even who are going to nominate those drivers and support them. So I think that's what's going to happen with the other five drivers. So it's not like they're going to be left in the lurk. Um, 
so there's there are some developments happening i've again okay. like i said i've been pretty pretty impressed by the way f1 has approached us my only question has been why has f1 why didn't f1 just rescue w series you know because w series went into administration right. it may be from an operational standpoint maybe from you know i don't know financial standpoint maybe f1 academy was a little bit easier but that is a question i know a lot of people have been asking why not just rescue w series it was already in place but I digress. I do think F1 Academy is set up for success. I hope it's set up for success. Um, there's, I think as the series develops, we'll see how F1 Academy is setting itself up differently with the W Series. For example, with W Series, I don't know how much you guys followed it, but Jamie Chadwick was the champion for three years in a running. And obviously, Jamie is a fantastic driver. She's an indie NTT right now as a feeder series driver, which is amazing. Um, but I have to think that, you know, in Formula 2 and Formula 3, once you win, you don't really race again. You know, you either go into a different series or you go into the next step. So with F1 Academy, that's a question I have. Right. That, let's say like Marta Garcia right now, for example, is leading by a massive margin. Um, let's say she wins a series. Is she able to race again? Or does right. she, uh, you know, automatically get a seat in F3? Because is there's she also... transition into, yeah. Right, right. And because there's also a huge gap when it comes to the cost of running an F3. So right now there's a subsidized cost in F1 Academy, which is around whatever, 150, 160K euros. I think with F3, an estimation is about a million dollars. So how are drivers expected to make that jump is my question right now. So I would be interested to see how F1 helps support the winner of F1 Academy. Um, not to say that, you know, maybe they have something planned. We just don't know it yet. And we'll only know once the winner is announced. So there's some questions in mind, you know, but I think so far, so good. Broadcast is going to play a huge role, I think, in getting F1 Academy more viewership, more fans. We have been at Females in Motorsport very, very excited to see the amount of people asking us questions about the broadcast. I think whenever we do an F1 Academy post, people ask us, so can we see it now? Are we able to see it now? Is it broadcast now? Which only means that people really want to see the series, which is very encouraging. Have you been able to see any of the races, like maybe online or is there, or there's nowhere that we, anybody can watch the races? So there's no way you can see it (laughs) at all. There is something called live timing on f1academy.com. So I don't know if you guys have noticed, but on F1 TV, if you guys watch a race, there's like a data tab where you can see, you know, how the drivers are going. You can probably compare that to the live timing. So it's kind of like just watching a race from that data tab. So obviously it's not very engaging. It's very hard to like, you know, keep up with it. Females in Motorsport has gone to see a race as media, I believe, at Paul Ricard. That was the most recent race. But to watch it live is next, not next to impossible. It is impossible at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But they've been doing these post-race shows that have been going live on YouTube and as well as Sky if you're based in Europe, which have been like 10, 15 minute like race recaps, which have been interesting to see. I've been seeing them. They've been hosted by Darren, who I'm a huge fan of. So I just watch them for her because she's absolutely amazing. Um, So if you want to catch some action, it's a good place to look there. But watching it live, Lynette, has been (laughs) has been a challenge. (laughs) Well, um, something that you can see, I feel like on on a live like kind of video footage is the F3 races here and there. And we did just recently have, what was it, like our first female to score points in an F3 race? Yep. 
Sophia, how do you pronounce her name? (laughs) Sophia Florsch. I'm sure I'm butchering it as well, but she's been in F3. She's, um, we've had a female driver in F3 after a while, I want to say. And this is a, she made 17 places in that race, which is incredible. I don't even think we see that in like Formula One in general. I mean, Formula One is not really an overtaking series to be fair, but even in F3 and F2, 17 places is absolutely amazing. So, and she became the first female driver to score points in F3. So really great performance from her. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So back to Formula One, what do you feel like you would get rid of or bring back? I mean, besides, you know, the women in motorsport. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, We were talking about this last week. We were like, what are we even, because we got asked by by a Mm -hmm. follower this question and we were like, dang, this is a, for me at least, it was a hard one. Yeah, it yeah, is a hard or, one. I agree, especially because something, maybe something that you've seen from the other series that you would think would be a good fit in Formula One that yeah, you know that absolutely. they don't do. That. Yeah, Alison and I kind of agree because I think especially for you and I, because we're slightly newer, newer. fans, mm-hmm. it's hard. I would say okay, I have two things. I think, I think. One would be, and this Molly told me about Molly Oxner, her brain, honestly, like she's an absolute genius. You know how sometimes we'll tell people, you know, oh, you're a genius. I love this content. I, I actually think Molly is an actual genius. Um, <laughs> but she told me this on my podcast that she basically said that, you know how Formula E basically has something called, um, I forgot what the name is. It's basically called like, a, it, you have like a booster where it's, it kind of works like DRS where you have DRS for a very limited number of time. I want to say it's either eight minutes or 10 minutes, something like that during the entire race. So drivers have to be very strategic about getting that boost. I would kind of love to see that happen in, um, in Formula One. I think DRS should be more strategic because I think what happens right now we see very often is DRS trains. And nothing kills a race like a DRS train, in my opinion. It just, you know, if everybody has DRS, it's basically, it just cancels itself out and it's just not that fun to watch. So I think DRS should be a little bit more strategic. And I think it will really bring in that strategy element from both teams and drivers, which can be interesting to watch. Um, I think the second thing I would change is not from a racing perspective. This is something that I'm very surprised that has not been addressed yet more tangibly. It's just making the races a little bit more safer for women. Like, I feel like we hear so many incidents about women not feeling safe at circuits and, you know, catcalling and all those things. And I feel like it's a very, like, there's things you can do to make races safer and like circuits safer so i'm hoping that you know we have so many new fans coming into the sport female fans specifically i'm hoping that formula one implements some changes to make the races more safe to be honest at formula e i did not feel that safety aspect at all obviously the i was not really in the fan crowd so maybe my opinion is a little bit skewed indycar again i have not been to a race but from anyone I've heard, I've never really heard a negative experience. So I don't know how security or anything works differently there. But I do think Formula One needs to address that a little bit more openly and tangibly just to make the races a little bit more safe for women. I love it. So like the drivers specifically or the female like onlookers? The onlookers, the fans, I would say. Okay. I think, like, I feel like so many people always complain about, you know, like just getting harassed in the grandstands, for example, or in the GS sections. Um, even when I was in Miami, I actually had a great experience in Miami, I would say. I did not personally 
experience any harassment knock on wood but i did see i did see it a little bit a little bit outside of the circle like when you're just entering the circuit i saw a little bit of it happening and it was very clear the people who were doing it were under the influence of alcohol so it was a little bit you know frustrating to watch also you really can't argue with somebody who's drunk you know so yeah. it's it's very difficult to to manage that kind of um incident but yeah i'm just hoping that you know with formula 1 getting so much more popular that we can see some more tangible changes to help help rectify that problem yeah absolutely so you said you saw this at which race again which miami miami okay was that your um first formula 1 race to yes. attend yes yes okay, it was, was it? it was it was amazing it was so last minute i'm also like not somebody who's like a last minute travely person i have a lot of travel anxiety so like i'm traveling on friday i'm actually going to italy but i started packing Ooh. i am very yeah. excited i'm going to go to maranello lenat i'm going to i'll send oh you pictures oh my gosh that's so <laughs> exciting <laughs> That's um, yeah, I'm you'll really love excited. it. I've been, I've been there. Oh my <laughs> of god, course. I can't wait! I can't wait. Um, but yeah, it was a really good experience. I actually booked my tickets literally on a Friday to fly out on a Friday, so it was very last minute. It was because so Helena, who's the founder of Females in Motorsport, was already in Miami for a work commitment, and she just texted me and said, "Just come to Miami," and I was like, "You know, I don't really want to come. It's not my favorite circuit. It's so expensive." Um, I really wasn't keen and she started telling me on a Wednesday to come and then Friday morning I was like you know what let's just go you know it's fine so I didn't buy any tickets or anything I just went and it was amazing it was really fun I got to network a lot which was really nice I got to meet a lot of creators in the space which is something I really love doing personally just to see how everyone's niche operates differently how everyone's brain operates differently it was really fun to see and we got very lucky because well Miami was technically i think a sell out because the promoters were able to you know i don't know like buy the tickets or whatever however that works but the grandstands were pretty empty on friday and saturday i would say so we got lucky with tickets i i spent less than 200 um that's awesome for both days and i was lucky enough for someone to gift me a ga ticket on a sunday so I did not end up spending much money for um the tickets itself. If I were to spend money on my own, honestly speaking, I don't think I would have gone to the Grand Prix. I do think Miami is very very expensive. I don't know if you guys saw this post by motorsport.com, but they did a little analysis, which is very clever actually, on the three most expensive races and the three cheapest races, and the three most expensive races are all in US. So the most expensive mm-hmm. is Vegas obviously and then Miami and then Austin and the cheapest ones are all in Europe. So personally I have this like personal vendetta against yeah. like going to an American race because I'm like it's so expensive like why am I spending all this money it just like it really irks me. So, but um I'm glad that I went to Miami. All things considered, it was very well organized. I said so on my podcast as well that I was very impressed by the Miami team. Um I've only ever seen like TikToks of people going to races and their experiences and a lot of people have complained about, you know, Monza for example or Imola or even Silverstone and like how it's not very well organized. The lines are so long. There was some token system in place which was very disorganized. Miami I will say I was very surprised by how well they had managed everything so i'm glad that was my mm. first grand prix i really enjoyed it 
um as a fan i don't know if i would spend that kind of money and go again just right. because i think it's a little bit like it's just like not affordable so where would you want to go if you could pick any race like where would you want to go that's such a good question i kind of want to go to every race in my lifetime um that's like one <laughs> well, of my yeah. goals yeah, that's my goal but i'm actually going to be in austin in october literally saying that five minutes after i said i don't want to go to a us race but yes yeah, so i'm going to go to austin because um well i really want to see the f1 academy race in person so that's like my main goal of going to f1 to austin to see the f1 academy race so that's what i'm really excited to go to i also think austin does a really great time i mean you guys were there in austin for the media day you know how well the team puts together you know everything so i'm sure i get it to be a very well organized one a really good event to be a part of from a formula 1 perspective as well so that's the one i'm looking forward to the most um and then i don't know maybe next year i'll try to cover a few more in europe because i i feel like you know spending money on flights is basically the same amount of money because domestically traveling in the us is expensive so i might as well just fly to europe and see a race there so yeah. we'll see we'll see what i cover next year but austin is the next one i'm excited about well we'll see you there cuz we'll be in austin yeah so <laughs> fun have you guys already bought your tickets um well so no but we are so lynette and i like to wait until kind of almost last minute because um like in Miami, they F1 doesn't release the tickets mm-hmm. until about a month before and then people are kind of struggling to sell their tickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's when you see some of the prices go down and so that's kind of when we're we're targeting to hopefully get our tickets and that's a good last year last year we sat uh, very close to each other in the same section. So we're hoping to sit, you know, kind of close in the same area this year and um we want to see you and hang out with you. So where are we Yeah, that would be so fun. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm excited for you guys to watch, obviously, F1, but also the F1 Academy race. Yes. I feel like you guys are really going to enjoy that. The racing, from what I can see from like the highlights, is very close. And I believe that even the Porsche Cup is going to happen as another support race in Austin. So you guys will mm-hmm. see a lot of racing from the grandstands. So I think yeah. it's going to be a really good one. I'm excited to see you guys and hang out with you there. We're so excited yes. and we can't wait. Um, but I know I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a different experience this year now that we have a podcast, yeah. you know, we're doing F1 like content creators. And so I feel like it's going to be a little bit different than, you know, when we typically go and we're yeah. just yeah. there to watch the race and just enjoy this it. Year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for this. I can't wait to see you guys and what content you guys do. Oh, it's going to be awesome. And we'll all have to hang out. And, um, and you know, again, to all of our listeners, we will for sure let you guys know. I'm sure we'll do some sort of like a happy hour or a meetup while we're there and hope to see all of you guys. And maybe you can meet Monby when she's there with us. And um, gosh, Monby, we're so grateful to have you today. And thank you so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so um, much for inviting me. It's been so great. I really did enjoy meeting both of you so much in Austin. I think I was telling um, somebody else the other way other day as well. That group was just so fun. I think we already just really got along with each other, and it was just you know I was saying so great to meet other creators in the space and. Um, 
I'm so glad that you guys invited me on here to talk about not even like F1, but even F1 Academy, women in motorsport. And I just want to say, I think you both are doing an excellent job talking about F1. I love that you guys have this pairing of like, you know, Alison, how you're a newer fan. And Lynette, I know, you know, like a diehard Ferrari fan. And again, my (laughs) condolences to you at this time. (laughs) But uh, but I love what you guys put out um, in the universe as well. And I just want to tell you guys that you guys are doing a great job. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And yeah, we're just trying our best and we, uh, we're just grateful to have, have you as, as one of our friends and content creators so we can ask you more questions offline when we need need answers. Um, but yeah, so again, guys just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And if you could give females in motorsport, a follow on Instagram again, it's females in M Sports and Monvi Matal, thank you so 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 much. We adore you, and don't forget follow us, rate us, subscribe. We're on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, and Threads, all of the stuff. So um, we will, I guess, see you guys in a couple of weeks when the break is over. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ladies. Thank you. Bye.